Hello guys, welcome back again to the Trickway with myself, Trainspot and Trev, and Mr. Grey Gamer Twenty Five. Um, Grey is helping us out recording on his end instead of my end because of technical issues. I hate OBS and Discord with a passion. <laughs> I'm sure, you might share that pain. So, thank you, Grey. The your presence in the post to you, literally. There's always um, something going on. If it isn't Discord, it's Windows. If it's not Windows, it's OBS. If it's not OBS, it's so what's your advice what's your advice, Craig? What did you say to me before to, to alleviate these issues going forwards? Go XLR. Well that as well. Take screenshots of all Take your screenshots, shit. yes. I do that all the time. I, I ever since I've done that, now that I never make mistakes with that stuff. I just look at it and go, because you can't remember all the time. You don't do it that, that Yeah. Often, you know? and, and Windows updates always muck sound up. Always, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, thank you, Craig. Uh, it means we can get this episode out so I can change my uh, tech set up for recording because this is no good. Um, so yes, we are getting there slowly but surely with Star Trek Lord Dex. Um, this is still season four, episode six today. And the title, unless Gray, you can share any lightness, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. I don't know what Parth means. They don't uh, tell I you remember, an episode, I, I don't think. I think Parth means like, uh, like forgive, kind of like forgive. So it's not a Ferengi word, it's actual real word. Yeah, yeah. Huh, I never why, heard that. There you go, you've learned something. They get so complicated with the titles, though. This is Lower Decks, it's funny. They should just call it something goofy. Funny you know? titles, yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not? The whole show is funny. They should just go Ferengi's, uh, Ferengi's Dilemma. I don't know, something funnier. The Ferengi's are at it again. That's what I would have titled that one. That's like the last episode uh, we did or whatever. Pathological... <laughs> You know, like come empathical. On. Yeah, they made yeah. up a word. It's not a word. Empath. And uh, yeah, I can't. Empathological. I'm tired already, man. Um, but yeah, okay. We'll kick off here. This was a decent episode, not the best of the season, and we'll get to obviously the scores at the end. But yeah, it's I think it's decent. more of the it's more of the typical the kind hours. of episode, I guess. Yeah, and, and do I know something? Uh, I'm not going to say it yet, but the guest stars maybe stopped it being a 6.5 or a 6 because that's mm-hmm. when you when we get to who they are they're kind of famous so yeah. um so yes of course as the title gives away it is ferengi century episode and i like the ferengi they are yeah. the, the the schemers the dodgy backhanded species of uh the, the alpha quadrant mm-hmm. and i like to see them um and guess what turns up at the start of the episode? Not a Trekway mug, no. Although that would be cool if that did arrive instead of the random ship and bust up some other ships. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, the random ship does turn up at the start of this episode. It took a break last episode, if you remember, Gray, yep. which showed up at the end. Um, so it was a little bit strange that it does arrive at the start. Um, we do start on a Ferengi uh, cruiser, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking amongst themselves and they're scheming kind of ways. They're talking about going straight, which I found hilarious. Oh, they've changed. <laughs> <laughs> they're not schemers anymore, man. That's a bad uh, word for, for Ferengi. 
<laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's a very bad word for Frankie. Uh, and they're, they're, you, you see them playing about with a portable Genesis device because he was like, one Frankie's knocking over. He's like, careful, careful. That's the, the new portable Genesis device. I was like, what? So we've seen a Genesis 1 and 2, and then we've seen a mini version. I, I, I was cracking up with the portable. I figured somebody would create a portable one, right? I mean, the, the other one wasn't ma- massive, to be uh, fair, the size of a person. But they're, uh, but they're treating this like, you know, hey, you just slip it in your pocket. And... <laughs> it's so portable. It's like, it's like it's not a PlayStation Slim versus a PlayStation 4 or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, I found that amusing, so don't knock that over, whatever you do. Um, <laughs> but it's too late. As they are talking about going straight, they do get smashed up by the new random ship. Um, but the thing the thing about this is the random ship going about smashing things. I think the friend are in, in on this because the the guy, the, the, the navigation officer, is looking really shifty, and the mm-hmm. captain can see that, and he calls him out. And he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, I was trying to make a profit. It was a good deal and stuff. And then before you know it, the ship just takes it out. So are they Ferengi to re- really to blame for all this? But you, you're a bit fed up about this whole thing in general, Gray. I, I love it as long as they pay it off well at the end. That's my it's, hope. I, I just got a feeling that they're building up so much with this thing that I'm not so sure that the payoff at the end is. The, in other words, the expectations of the payoff at the end are getting higher and higher and higher. And I just, mm. I just get get worried that when we see it, we're going to be going like, huh? And the other thing that I think is getting a little bored up too is the fact that, well, okay, I get it's a comedy. I understand that. And you and I have talked about this before. But mm-hmm. you're still talking about a ship that literally is wiping out ships very easily and just frying these people and vaporizing them. And you see them get vaporized every week. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going like, okay, so... <laughs> You know, it's a comedy, though. So generally speaking, you don't see a lot of that in a comedy or they kind of just, whatever, you know. And this is getting to be like too too much of a serious kind of part. And yeah. I'm going like, this is not really Lower Decks, you know. So I I don't, you know, regardless of how the payoff well, comes, I don't agree with it. I really don't. And it's too much. Four times is like. It will happen every episode. It's one episode that, there's one episode that's not happened in. Mm-hmm. But I think. I agree with you to to some extent, Gray. What I think they have to do is build this up so much that when they do reveal it, it's something that we absolutely piss ourselves laughing over. And we, it has to be. They can't build it up to be a very serious, normal Trek thing because it's Lord X. It's a comedy. So it has to be something absolutely hilarious like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the ship that keeps changing into random things. You know, yeah. something hilarious where we both chuckle and we go, okay, that was funny. If that's the case, but, though, why wouldn't they have done something like that each time the ship appeared? It would have been no, cool. it was an example. It was an example. I'm not. Don't take me for no, no, no. I think you got a good idea. I think that's something that they should have done each time when the ship, this weird ship, shows up. It should be something funny, and then it blows away the ship or something like that. But yet it, yeah, yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. across as being very serious. And the other thing is, and again, I understand this is a comedy. I get it. But for all the stuff that's happened with the ship now, now that it's annihilated, completely annihilated, four or five ships of all different races, you mean to tell me that this is not causing a large commotion at Starfleet? They don't even talk about it. They just, they just, they pretty much short shrift it and just, eh, you know, life as usual. Really? I mean, uh, has it blown up any Federation ships or did it do one at the very start? Yeah. Uh, I believe they did, if I remember correctly. One at the very sure. start, I'm but apart sure. from, yeah. But despite okay. that, the point is is that Starfleet knows this stuff 
happens because, you know, if it's happened this many times, then many of the races out there are, gonna, are all going to be going like, this is a problem, man. We need to talk about this and we need to talk about it now. But they just ignore it. Oh, five ships get wiped out. Four or five ships. Everybody gets vaporized and dies. And we just, eh, it's lower decks. That's the way it happens on this show. <laughs> it just doesn't make well, sense. Well, this, this season hasn't been as funny as other seasons. So uh, there is that fear that they do, do try to do uh, an Orville on us and make it too serious. Uh. Which, Gray knows I complained about that. It's a great show, Orville. It's just, I... I love the humour, and they should have kept the same level of humour season one all the way through all the seasons, well down the cool stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. They got a lot more serious. So I hope this doesn't happen here because we have grown to love the humour of this and accepted it. Even Gray has, and that's saying something. <laughs> He's a very hard man to please. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's just wait. I agree with your points, Gray. Let's, let's, we can't judge it until the end. We can't truly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. So... Uh, the Suritos is at Ferenginar uh, in this episode, so I haven't been there for a while. Mm. And the, I found this interesting because the Ferengi are, the aim of this episode, they're looking to at least show interest in joining the Federation. And that's why the Suritos is there. But I'm so surprised the Suritos is there for that because... All due respect to the Suritos, it knows its place. It's not the kind of job you normally give the Suritos. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. normally of a bigger ship and a bit, you know, a more prestige crew. Not knocking them. That's just their place. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. It does seem a wee bit out of place. It, it the, does. The only thing that maybe brings it back to Earth <coughs> a little bit is that the, guy, that the the Admiral, I don't remember his name, of the other ship mm. that talks about this agreement they're going to look at or whatever. He even says, oh, this is nothing. No one really cares about it. You know, it's a one and done, la, la, la. So he makes very, a lot very light of it. So I guess yeah. I guess then that, mean, that means, oh, okay, we'll let the Cerritos do this because who cares? That's true. And or the Cerritos has been punching above its weight and doing really well recently. So maybe, maybe they deserve a bit of credit and they give them this job. Um, and, and the thing is, in the future, in... Now, don't quote me on this unless you know for sure otherwise. Mm -hmm. In the future, in, like, say, Star Trek Picard time, is Ferengi at that stage or Ferengi are part of the Federation? I if they're not... Hmm? I can remember. I th I'm pretty sure. I'm they are at some point. Yeah, there. I think they, there was talks about it in some episodes and stuff, so, it's, it's, so it has been spoken about. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it actually... I don't think it actually ever happened, obviously, because they're talking about it now. Um, yes. So I, I kind of like, a, I guess you kind of assume maybe it was because you see Quark everywhere and doing his thing and Ferengi's, so you don't really think about it. You think, oh, like, you know, just part of the family. But I guess technically they weren't or aren't. If it doesn't happen by Star Trek Picard era, then it certainly happens by Discovery in the 32nd century, whenever they are, because it definitely happens at some point, the Ferengi definitely do, do yeah. join the Federation. Yeah. I think it is later on that after Picard, to be fair. Um, and this is just initial, this is your application. It's a bit like joining uh, the European Union yeah. or the UN, but a bit more the European Union. They show interest, but it doesn't happen for years. So that's just right. your application. And then they have to vet everything. So similar, same idea here. Yeah. Um, now, what I loved about this is we have a certain couple of special guest characters, which I'll let um, 
Grey introduce because they are voiced by the real life counterparts mm-hmm. and they are Rom and Lita, aren't they, Grey? Yep, Rom and Lita. They popped in. I was listening to their voices because I was wondering if it was the actual actors and, you know, because they've gotten older, so their voices could change a little bit. But mm-hmm. as I started hearing it, I'm sitting there going, ah, I think this is the right one. So I double checked. And yeah, sure enough, uh, Max Grodenchik, who who uh, played Rom in DS9, came back for this episode and plays Rom again in his, uh, his voice. And uh, the girl, uh, Lita, was played by Chase Masterson in DS9, and she also came back uh, to do this. Now, hey. both, both of them in real life are more like 60 years old now, because it's been a long time. Uh, yeah. But in but in uh, the nice thing about animation is it kind of doesn't matter how old you are. You're using your voice. So that was kind of nice to see. It was kind of like, all right, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I did do. I was a big fan. Uh, I didn't recognize Lita's voice as much because she's not in it as much, but I definitely yeah. recognize Rom because Rom has that kind of gormless. He sounds stupid. Yeah, the goofy. It's harsh, kinda... I know. Yeah, he sounds so. So imagine that actor having to put on the goofy voice again. He's just like, yes, I get to have a, a field day here. Uh, so it's nice to see them, especially Rom, because Rom feels part of the family. And of course, Lita Chase, she was the the, da, uh, the what did they call it Diablo Diablo girl? Yeah, yeah. And, and not the not the Diablo girl. That's, no, that's, that's something else. D A D A The Diablo girl, and, 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 and she's 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 very pretty. That's that's all I'll say. Um, she could have made a good Diablo so I, girl. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, it's good to see them both back. Yes, uh, I'll be. There. And this time, Rom is the new Grand Nagus, which is brilliant. Yeah. He's got his staff and everything, man. Yes, yeah, I liked it. That was pretty uh, funny. It was a nice little touch, wasn't it? Um, and the the uh, Rom and Lita, they both come aboard the the Cerritos with the uh, one of the admirals for the negotiations. The admiral's going to do no, most of the negotiating, but as we soon find out, Freeman's the one that's better at it. Um, and you notice, you notice this great. I didn't notice this when they're showing you Ferenginar. Some of the places, the clubs and bars and stuff, yeah. I didn't notice this, but you did, didn't you? Because I, I knew there was going to be something. So I, I, I actually froze the frame so I could read some of the stuff that was going by. I wish there was even more of it, but what there was was pretty cool. So there, was a, there was one building that was called Uncle Quark's Youth Casino. <laughs> and I'm so they're going cracking up. So the kids go in there and gamble. <laughs> Uncle Quark's Youth Casino. Then the, the hotel is called Loeb's Lodge because, you know, they're earlobes. That's better. That's genius. You know, and then there's a library. You see the library in a scene where you see the outside says books, 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 books. The signs all say books, 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 books. And and, and then you go inside. It's a casino. And the guy goes, yeah, we made a casino out of the library because nobody reads books anyway. <laughs> I'm going like, I like that one. That was good, too. He's my kind of guy. I hate reading. He's my kind of guy. Yep, it was great. Um. So, of course, the Lord Deckers, or the, the junior grades, as I'm now going to call them, I think, because sure. they have moved on ever so slightly, they have jobs to do. Ransom has come down and get them some jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be travel guys, because I found this interesting. Uh, is it, It's equivalent of Trip.com. Basically, you go to another place, or another planet in this case, and you leave reviews and stuff, and because all the reviews of all the cool places to go in Fringinar are well out of date because probably not many people pay them a visit. They weren't part of the Federation. They're a bit shifty. 
it's all out of date, so they need up-to-date stuff. So they all have tasks to go to certain places, different mm-hmm. things, and review them and update it for the Federation database. Makes sense. Um, maybe it's the Yelp in the 24th century or something. Or Yelp as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Give me five stars, please. Uh, Tendi and Rutherford have to pretend to be a couple for this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they want a married couple's perspective on stuff and friend Gennar. Uh, because according to Commander Ransom, I quote, the Suitos is the horniest and least committed ship in Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. He, just, and he, say, he says it all with a straight face, too. Just kind of like, uh... everybody knows that. It's it was it was so funny. That was and he's probably right. So they all have a right and a part it's the party central of Starfleet, I think. Yeah. Uh, but no one's married, there are very few people are married, so they have to pretend to be a married couple. And I was like, Oh, here we go. We're finally going to get a kiss, are we going to get some movement of the relationship? I'm sure you were thinking the same oh, thing, yeah. Gray. Finally yeah. they hook up, you know. It's a no brainer. Well, you and I kept on uh, saying they should get a room, and so now they actually do. <laughs> no, well, they, yes, this is it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Ma- Mariner, not being a stupid woman, turned around and said to Ransom, You, you look shifty, you set this up, this was all you. And he smiles, he turns around, and he goes, I, Why'd I do this? It's because I'm so nice and handsome. <laughs> what a package. And he walks away. I love Ransom. Just, Funny. he's so vain. The guy is so vain. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't rip his shirt off more often. You know how he does that once uh, in a while? He rips his shirt he, off. He, 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 he's done that a couple of times before. <laughs> and when he's done it, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and the thing is, he's, um, uh, oh, what's the actor that plays him again? Oh, okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's up there. He is married to uh, number one on uh, uh, Strange New World. Yep, yep. Rebecca Rahman. Yep. There you go. I I didn't know that Um, until I found out later. You're right. I was like, oh. And the thing is, the actor that plays, it's annoying. It's up there. He's he's semi-famous. Anyway, um, the the marriage wildness between um, Tendi and Rutherford uh, is getting a bit much for them. Uh, because I don't know, I think they think it's going to be par for the course, Gray, and Mm -hmm. they'll just carry on being their normal, goofy, silly selves. But you reckon they're such a cute and goofy couple, maybe they can pull it off? Well, I I was thinking... Be themselves? Right, I think it was was something that maybe would would kindle something, since they obviously (laughs) like each other. But but as we see, they're they're acting more embarrassed about everything because I guess it's not coming naturally to them, so they're getting all embarrassed about it. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for them, but um, I do notice a random thing on Ferenginar. There's a museum of bribery, yeah. which I thought was brilliant. Just, of course there is. They are the that. masters at this. Um, Mariner the whole time, she's not reviewing anything. She's not doing the review stuff. She's um, It's tending Rutherford and Boimler, as we get to the moment, he's doing reviews of stuff as well, or he's supposed to be. Uh, Mariner is actually meeting up with her friends because I guess they'll get some shore leave when they're there. Mm-hmm. She uh, is sitting there with her Ferengi friend, uh, knocking back shots 
and to which the guy was our friend was like, really? It's ten a.m. She's like, well, oh, two shots better make that three. Like, wow! I don't touch shots, but just that is hilarious. A triple shot when she had it was ten a.m. Yeah, it was funny because he goes like, what's this? she's going for a double, and his her friend there says, but it's only ten a.m. in the morning. Oh, well, then I better make it a triple. I'm going like, what? What are you Jesus. talking about? I know we know something uh, funny too. If you if you realize that over ep- certain episodes of, of Lower Decks, whenever they go somewhere, Mariner seems to have a friend, like in all these she places. Says, it's like, oh, my friend, da da da. Or she goes somewhere else, and my friend, da da da. And then all of a sudden, she has a friend for I'm like, okay. It's a very good point, Gray. She is a very important person. What can I say? She's a social, very sociable, social butterfly. As they call, she them. certainly is. I mean, she's that kind of person. She's she. You, you love to hate her. You hate to love her. Um, back on the Cerritos, Rom and Lita are up to no good. It's just looking a bit shifty with them. I'm I'm noticing that pretty early on myself. Rom is being thick, but more thick than usual thick. Yeah, you know, because he isn't the brightest spark in some aspects. He's a brilliant engineer, but in kind of life stuff. He's not the brightest spark, and he's been a bit more dumb than usual. He's talking about baseball. He's obsessed with baseball. That's a Cisco thing. You know, he was close yeah. to Cisco. Um, he's got a baseball in his hand. He keeps talking about it, throwing it up and chucking it, and he chucks it, and he smashes one of the L car control panels, just busts it up. I hope he's getting billed for that, Gray. The <laughs> Grand Nagus Bellman, man, he's rich. Um, um, one one side note about this that I, I thought was kind of interesting is the actor Max Grodnick that plays Rom was a semi-professional baseball player, and a decision came in his life where he would either no. go to be a professional, fully professional baseball player, or an actor, and he chose to do acting. So he slipped some of his love of baseball into the episode. Obviously, you know, so I am so glad. I'm so glad he decided to be an actor. Apologies yeah. if you hear a siren, people. Uh, that's that's crazy wrong. Going down the, uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't know that about the actor. That is pretty interesting. I'm glad I chose acting because I do love the character Rom. Yeah. So um, Rom wants to... So uh, Lita goes up and has a word with Admiral and has you know whispers in his ear just... He wants to feel a bit important, so could you maybe move around a couple of numbers on the contract, a few pages, just to make him feel like he's doing something, he's contributing because he's not the brightest spark. And Admiral's like, okay, sure, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, (laughs) sure, whatever, whatever. He wants an easy life. And again, Rom and Lita are looking shifty at this stage, so we know they're up to something. Now... Boimler is the highlight of this bloody episode for me because at the end when I get to that I was just I was in, I, I laughed out loud it was just hilarious. Um, Boimler is supposed to be checking out hotels and bars. He gets the cool job out of all of them, I think. Um, and he does say to Ransom before Gray that he well, he was excited about this proposition and. Ransom's like, just, you know, take it easy, go and have a bit of fun. And he's like, no, no, I can't, I can't. I'm Lieutenant Junior Grade. I've got examples to set. And he's a bit freaked out by this. Anyone else would love it. You or I would love it. He's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to start preparing now. He leaves straight away, goes down to Frenginar. But as he's about to leave, he's in one of his first hotels. As he's about to leave and start doing his reviews, he catches something on the TV. 
Um, and he, he starts getting hooked on a Ferengi cop show. He's like, these are like Ferengi reality shows and other stuff. And he's like, yeah. like romantic show, romantic TV show. He's like, maybe I'll just watch it. And he starts bit, to yeah. lay things in his pad. As, but a Ferengi, the Ferengi cop show was so tongue in cheek and so cheesy and so silly. Uh, it was amusing, though. And it only gets worse. So that's the thing. They keep, um, they keep cutting back to Boimler every so often, and he's like getting more and more sucked into all this stuff. <laughs> and you hear the Ferengi actors sitting there going, "Like, well, if I had to be cheated on by somebody, I was glad it was you." <laughs> I'll go like typical Ferengi. Very cheesy. <laughs> very cheesy. Um, yeah, because cheating—that's a very good point. Um, things are heating up even more now between uh, Tendi and Rutherford. It's moving up the gears uh, as they have to dress up for a photo op. They both dress up. They both come out. They both look stunning, immaculate. Tendy's in this black dress. She looks yeah. hot. Uh, Rutherford looks sharp and dapper, very handsome. And they both look at each other like, wow, you look good. You look good. Wow. And I, yeah, they scrub up nicely great, I thought. Um, they're getting embarrassed at things that they're saying to each other. And Tendy's turning red over the green. <laughs> They sell it. They're so adorable and so goofy. Um, Mariner, meanwhile, is getting smashed. Like, she's getting pissed. Uh, <laughs> she is. She is. She, she plays a really good drunk. Yeah. The, the actress plays a really. She does it so well. Um, uh, she's wearing a beer. What did they call that? It's an American it's a beer hat. It's a beer hat. So, like the two cans there attached to the hat, the, hat, the straws. The straws, you yeah. suck down two beers, and you know. Have you ever had a shot one of them, Greg? No, no. I've seen them, but I haven't oh, had that. Oh, mate, you haven't lived. No, I, 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 I have a little more class. I like to pour it in a cup or a glass, you know. <laughs> he pours everything in a cup. Everything. He's obsessed. Well, a beer mug is um, beer, but. It, or, or a bottle, because I like bottles. Okay. You know. Um, Enough about yeah, beer. You've got, you got to try a beer hat. It's definitely worth the well. Um, Mariner gets so smashed, in fact, so drunk that she actually gets involved in a fight. And it's out of nothing, Grace. She, this 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 Ferengi, who's buff as hell, accidentally bumps into her and she just starts going nuts. Even though you think this tough Ferengi is going to start having a go back, but he's mm-hmm. the most polite, tough Ferengi you've ever met. He's just like, I'm very sorry, ma'am, I apologize. She's like, oh, you will apologize, you will regret it. And she starts busting him up. A fight <laughs> for nothing. She's got, Mariner's got some demons that we don't fully understand, Gray, right. that hopefully maybe one day we do. Um, so she gets involved in a big bust up there. Um, but now the next step with Tending Rutherford. This is this was cool. This, but I would like your opinion on it as well, Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now at Quark's Starfleet <laughs> Experience and Grill. What a title, man! <laughs> Brilliant, man! It just so this, is the sec- Quark. this is the second time Quark's name is that comes up. The youth casino, and, and now the Starfleet Experience. The dude's rolling in dough, man. I say it at one point. I don't remember where I say it, but I'm kind of gutted that uh, Armin Shimmerman never. Came back for this. Yeah, I thought maybe he might. Or he or, wasn't or, asked. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. Like maybe they only had the budget for two, one or two other characters, and that was yeah. Roman Lita. So, and they probably Shame. cost less too. <laughs> they probably do, yeah, because they were not regulars, unlike Quark. Um, so yeah, uh, the Starfleet Experience and Grill. Uh, we do see some bigs uh, 
versions of the Enterprise D and Voyager outside. Yeah. I don't know if they were holograms or they were real. I think they were like real. It almost, big it, it almost looked like they're models hanging from the roof or something. But uh... yeah, I think they were because the holograms got that kind of unique effect. So yeah. no, I, I, it was Enterprise D and Voyager with a bit of TNG music. I love that. Yeah. Great cool. as well, but looks of it. Um, By the way, to interrupt for a second, I think it's also mm-hmm. a, a parody on uh, a thing that was called the Star Trek Experience, which was a yes, which was an event in in Las Vegas, and they also had it here at Universal in Florida for a short while. Uh, so it's got to be a little rib to that one, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I, I if I haven't discussed it with you before, Gray, I was watching reviews about that a few weeks ago, and I was gutted that I missed out on that because it was supposed to be phenomenal, especially the Borg experience they had. It was, it just looked fantastic. For any of you guys that have ever been to it, I'm so jealous. Gray's not been I to did, it. No, well, I did do the Star Trek experience at Universal. Did you? Many oh years ago. God. Uh, now I heard it was fun, but I heard it was it was better in Vegas because it was a little bigger and a little longer. So they brought a uh, I don't know if you want to call it a smaller version uh, over to Universal somewhere, and I have not found it. I have a VHS tape of me doing it, you know, because they tape you. Uh... I can't find the dang tape. Now eventually, when I do find it, I'll I'll let you know. But I but it's somewhere, and it was fun. What what it was is you went in, and they have different people. Playing the parts of like uh, uh, the actors, the actors. Well, these are junior actors, like and the original. No, they are actors. They're just not grade A Hollywood. They are acting, mate. They are paid to act. Yeah. Oh no, no, I agree. But these are let's (laughs) let's you know let's say it for real. These are younger people that are just would be actors or want to be actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Anyway, they play their parts and stuff, and I'm the captain, so I'm taking Kirk's part. So there's a whole uh, kind of a scripted thing going on. And you basically say this or say oh, that. Oh, so you're one of the characters. I thought oh, you yeah, yeah, I, could yeah. you do that. I thought you were I was, just one of the people no, that's. No. I was the captain. Ah. Um, they let you choose, though. You didn't have to be the captain. You could have picked one of the other stations. Am I demoted in my own show? Damn. <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> it, 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 when you look back at, if I remember correctly, it was it was a lot of fun. But I I wish I had done it a second time because the first time I did it, I was like nervous because I didn't know what. what exactly i should do or not do so so the performance if you want to call it that could have been better if i did it a second time but i never did but it was cool it was cool uh, hey and if those that want to know what a vhs tape is ask your parents um <laughs> that the i know it's a sidetrack but it's a really important one um i'm glad you shared that gray because that is probably what it's set on and that's a very memorable thing uh, for you. I'm jealous I never got to do it myself. The original, original plan was on the strip, on the Las Vegas strip, mm-hmm. they were going to, and it got pretty far along, they were going to build a replica of the Enterprise. Now, of course, not the exact size because, Jesus Christ, can you imagine how many billions and trillions of dollars that would be? But the, it was probably about half the size, yeah. I would guess, of the real thing, yeah. which would have been huge on the strip, and it was going to turn it into a hotel and experience. And I was like, oh, my God, I would have given you a testicle, a kidney, <laughs> a lung, yeah. an eyeball, one of everything to go to that. that can you imagine, Greg? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm There's, moving there, in. There has been stories <laughs> and articles throughout years that there is always some group that was going to build an actual scale size, never, never ended up happening. But it, can you imagine it, like it, you said, how much it would cost. Jeez, 
It's it's the amount of money, the sheer amount of money, and the structural integrity. And I'm not. That's not a pun. Generally, on starships are not designed to be on planets for very good reason. And that's with futuristic metals and alloys that don't exist. We've only got so much alloys and technology around, so the thing would bloody collapse, and it'd have struts and stuff under it. And it just it's it's a pipe dream. It's brilliant. But go and watch this stuff. on YouTube, highly recommend it. So, sorry, I know we went on a tangent, but it was a very cool one, I thought. Um, so, back at the Experience and Grill, uh, Tendi and Rutherford are having some food. Um, and what I found amusing is, right, this is a little thing I picked up, Gray, is this happens a couple of times in the episode where someone eats something or does something, then throws away the leftovers or the content. And it ends up hitting someone in the head, and yeah. you just hear this: "Hey, this yeah. is the person gets wild." Hey, Al, or something. Yeah, they never, they, they never explain people. it. They just go on. No. You don't explain it. That's that's right. the, the 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 hilarity of it. So someone's been walloped in the head twice in this. Um, so what they have to do after their food is Tendy Brotherford have to they have two sexy chocolate statues of one another. <laughs> Tendy's got one of Rutherford, Rutherford's got one of Tendy, and they look like they look cool kind of like sexy poses they're pulling. Yeah. And they have to eat a bit of the chocolate of the person uh, of the opposite and then describe, like say they eat their head, they have to describe something cool about them, like they've got a pretty head or your eyes look great or you know, something like that. And you could just see them squirming great, just yeah. like this is really uncomfortable for them. And it's hilarious at the same time. Um, so eat something, compliment nice, something nice, move on. The, the caveat is the chairs they're sitting on can tell if they're lying. Right. So that when they really start feeling the heat under the collar. Now, and they, they managed to pass They don't it. want to lie because bad things might happen. So. Oh, 100% bad, like, bad things will, will happen to them. Uh, they pass it, though, the, the, the line test, if you like. They managed mm-hmm. to scrape past, but it's then going up another gear grade. <laughs> so they now have to consummate the marriage to which they both freak out. Like, oh, no, what now? <laughs> and they said Consum- they have to do it right here. So they sit there and go like, what? <laughs> and then they I have thought, to what, do what, it right what I thought here. was funny, the next part, he goes like, well, we're, we're not going to watch you. And then he, all of a sudden he rolls this room out and he says, but we are going to listen to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, That's the room. Yeah. Was that great. was the room Gray was talking about there. It did come in. It's a literally a portable consummation yeah. room, if you like. <laughs> it's very random, but funny at the same time. Yeah. Um, however, as this is happening, talking about random randomness, Gray, yeah. the bird counsellor walks in, Meglimu, right? Because yeah. I, I actually decided to put his name in because he's appearing a little bit more in this than he used to. Yeah. Um, so Meglimu walks in. And is greeted by a Ferengi and a Starfleet costume and Vulcan eyebrows. He's dressed up as yeah. a Vulcan, which was later. These eyebrows were, they went like this and then whoop, right yeah, up yeah. like this. They're massively exaggerated. Like they're, exactly. They're trying to do it right and they're not quite getting it. <laughs> it's just random. I found that amusing. Um, and he, Migley, almost screws them over when he actually says that they're friends to which Tendi Tendi acts really quickly to turn it around because there's a, the Frangie are automatically suspicious and like, oh, friends, no, we, we can't have this. But she quickly turns it around 
uh, and she starts accusing Migley of being jealous that she actually loves Migley instead. You were, <laughs> I guess, credit where credit's due, Gray, you mentioned here. I was quick thinking about Tendi because I would have made an arse of that if that happened to me. Done a good job. They had to do something because uh, there was a scene before where somebody was uh, acting like they're a couple and they found out that they weren't. And they, and they, (laughs) and they take the couple, arrest them and put them, put them on uh, some planet uh, digging and mining stuff because as their punishment. And they're like, oh boy. I I don't see, it's funny that they do that, but I don't see why they do that because they're all schemers and liars anyway, the Frangies. So they should be complimented on it. So it's a kind of bit of a. Hypocritical thing to do and say, but hey ho, uh, it's not it's not breaking episode. Um, the, it must have been one the, of those laws the, of acquisition because they scalped them, scalped them for money, I guess. So, <laughs> and all the top captains in Starfleet know at least some of the rules of acquisition because it's got them out of jam before, yeah, and including this episode as well, which we get to at the end. Um, the bartender offers Migley the homewrecker package, which I thought was bloody <laughs> hilarious because yeah. what he's just done. <laughs> to, to which she replies, you don't have to throw up in my mouth twice. <laughs> <laughs> Bear in mind he's a bird in the yeah. last episode, the replicator, and yeah. I want it to taste like my mother vomited in my mouth, which was just And they play, grim, on, the same, they play on the same joke, but ramp it up for the very next episode. Yeah. That's smart comedy. I like that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Back on the Cerritos, Lita and Rom are still deep into the negotiations, a lot deeper than they should be for this. And they're 100% pulling a fast one on the Admiral, big time, Gray. Um, they're asking random things of the Admiral. In fact, it's not. It's back on Fringinar. My apologies. Um, the Admiral, they asked the Admiral to dance for them. Just for no <laughs> random reason. You want us to say this? He starts dancing. I'm like, what? They already, they already have the Admiral spinning all around because of all the stuff that they're doing. And, uh, and, and then they ask him to dance, and he actually starts to do it. So you see him <laughs> dancing around like, oh, boy. <laughs> and it was great because you see Free, Freeman getting really embarrassed, going like, oh, boy. Yes, but Freeman to the rescue. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, she actually comes around and says, listen, she will throw in five million bars of gold-pressed latinum if they can induct... Uh, a planet into the Federation, and they think this is really, really easy right. to the point where they're going to sign up to it until she says, read the small print. Because, uh, you know, they have to read the small print. As Lita says, reading the small print is important. It's rule such and such. It can right. lead to Another greater wealth or rule. something like that. Yeah. Uh, so these rules run into rules, and God, it gets confusing. And the small print is, yes, they have to induct a planet, but it happens to be Kronos. <laughs> they click on all planet, and they freak out. Like, what? That's impossible. Yeah. And she went, I know. She's, she's, she, you can't take Freeman for a mug. She's a very smart lady, a lot yeah. smarter than the bloody Admiral is. Yep. Uh, the, the Admiral at this point, Gray's kind of stepping back a little bit and not being as, not being as lim- in the limelight as he once was mm. because he knows that he's shit at this. She's a lot better. Um, she's got them exactly where she wants them. Freeman to the rescue. Uh, and to be honest, you Rom just at the end goes, "Listen, we'll, we'll sign it." This the reason we done all this. I found this cool. This was pretty smart. This end part here. Yeah. The only reason they're doing it is because a lot of people in the galaxy and the Federation, especially, don't take the Ferengi seriously, for good reason, I think. Sure. Uh, and they just want a bit of respect shown for their culture. 
And that's the only reason they were doing this. Um, and the fact that Freeman was countering them and respecting their culture, they're like, okay, we'll sign up. And what I found amusing was when Rom signs it at the end, it looks like a five-year-old has signed it, Greg, did you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rom with funny looking shapes Rome. and letters. It's like Rome. Different sizes and yeah, that was amusing. So that was that was amusing. But to finish off the episode, this was bloody brilliant. Boimler cracks me up. Oh, Mr. Quaid, you do a good job. I'd almost forgotten about Boimler, the fact I had at this stage initially. Yeah. We go back to him. Ransom's trying to get him on the comms. Uh, I don't know why I've done that. It's not it's not that kind of telephone. Um he he's sitting in his underwear with his eyes almost coming out of his head because he's been watching They're all he's blood been watching, shot and everything and he's like <laughs> he's been watching eight straight hours of Ferengi TV. <laughs> <laughs> Got the munchies beside him and everything. Uh, and he's really apologetic and he feels guilty to Ransom. He's like, I'm really, really sorry, Commander. And Ransom's like, Hey, it's fine. I'm proud of you, man. Anyone that can watch eight straight hours of Frangie TV deserves respect. <laughs> but don't worry, I will send the local authorities to come in and get you. And they do. They come in and drag him out, kicking and screaming, torturing him like stun batons and everything. Well, you well, can just see them scream. What was funnier just before that, though, is Ransom said, listen, just go limp and don't do anything. It'll be much easier yeah. for you. And when he said that, you see them barge in there and they're taking him away. And what does he do? The complete opposite. He screams, <laughs> <laughs> and every time Boimler screams, it cracks me up because yeah. uh, Jack Quaid has him down to a T. He, he can scream like a little girl with yeah. the best of them. So uh, that was a music way to end the episode. Um, and the end, basically. Uh, Gray, what did you give this out of 10 and, and why? Um, I went with 7 out of 10 because I thought it was a, a fun episode. I like the throwbacks and stuff and the funny names of all the... Uh, casinos and whatnot and uh and seeing the, the actual funny side of the frangies and stuff so you know i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go much higher than that i because I, I like the guest stars you know with rom and lita coming back was really cool i don't think i would mm. go much further because basically it's not a it's not a stellar episode but it's good it's there it's what i expect them to do in other words the yeah. level the level of uh of uh levity shall we say is which is about that's what you should be seeing yeah if you get anything yeah. lower than seven, then something's wrong, you know, with the episode. That should be the minimum, I think. I've yeah. got high standards for Star Trek, so yeah. yeah. No, not very good, great. Um, actually, I'm being cheeky here. I sometimes do this. Seven point five out of ten. I was given seven <laughs> out of ten. The reason for the half point upgrade is uh, Rom and Lita are back, especially Rom. And mm -hmm. uh, I loved Rom in it. He was the the goofy, gormless character that you just loved uh, to hate or hate to love. Mm. He was really, really cool. It was great to see that couple back. It was decent. It was a very average, decent episode. It wasn't anything spectacular. It had its funny moments, but not as funny as as it has been. So that's why like, the episode before was funnier. Yeah. Um, I was just a bit sad they couldn't get Armin Shimmerman back, but again, it would have probably cost too much, so fair play. That would have bumped it up to an eight just because he's Ferengi royalty so and I like the Ferengi they they are dodgy and shifty as hell I can relate to that um so yeah decent episode um but before we go of course don't forget that we are on all the audio podcast platforms as well as YouTube mm -hmm. so Craig doesn't know this but my Podbean renewal 
ran out and I decided not to go with them. So I went to Acast, who are completely free, and the audio podcast will continue because it goes out. YouTube has audio podcast platforms as well, uh, or a platform, podcast platform. And wherever you heard it before, you should still be able to hear it again. So that should carry on as normal. Um, please don't forget that we're on Twitter at the Trekway as well. Um, and we're doing a new GGR episode uh, in the next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, with Gray, he leads that one. We join them. Entertainment focused. Uh, so please, if you haven't subscribed to that, please do because you'll get an episode notification soon. Uh, we'll be talking about the latest TV shows and movies and the Hollywood strikes that are going on partially and have been completed. Uh, you can find him on all the usual platforms and YouTubes and uh, podcasting platforms and GGR, uh, Grey Screen, I'm sorry, on Twitter. And last but not least, don't forget, Gaming Podcast, our colleague and friend Nick uh, Grey and, and I, we do a gaming podcast at Extreme PC UK. You can look for the Discord in there and we chat in there about Star Trek and entertainment stuff as well. So please come and say hi, if yep. you don't mind. Join the Discord. Uh, join the Discord, please. Uh, but until next week, thank you everyone for tuning in and Gray for helping us out here uh, and do your thing, Mr. Gray. Live wrong and prosper, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.